Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Tonight, you will hear what might be one of the first stories ever written in human history. The story has persevered through the ages shares insight from the foundations of civilization itself, carries the torch of the sacred human tradition of storytelling from nearly 4,000 years ago. Let's dive into the wisdom of the ancients. This is the Epic of Gilgamesh. I will proclaim to the world the deeds of Gilgamesh. This was the man to whom all things were known. This was the king who knew the countries of the world. He was wise. He saw mysteries and knew secret things. He brought us a tale from the days before the flood. He went on a long journey, was weary, worn out with labor. Returning, he rested. He engraved on a stone the whole story. When the gods created Gilgamesh, they gave him a perfect body. Shamash, the glorious sun, endowed him with beauty. Adad, the god of the storm, endowed him with courage. The great gods made his beauty perfect surpassing all others, terrifying, like a great wild bull. Two-thirds they made him a god, and one-third man. In Uruk, he built walls, great ramparts, and the temple of blessed Anana for the god of the firmament Anu, and for Ishtar, the goddess of love. Look at it still today. The outer wall where the cornice runs, it shines with the brilliance of copper. In the inner wall, it has no equal. Touch the threshold, it is ancient. Approach Inanna, the dwelling of Ishtar, our lady of love and war, the like of which no latter-day king, no man can equal. Climb upon the wall of Uruk. Walk along it, I say. Regard the foundation terrace. Examine the masonry. Is it not burnt brick and good? The seven sages laid the foundations. By the time his story was written on clay tablets in ancient Mesopotamia, Gilgamesh was already a hero. His impact on society was not only great enough to have a physical monument built, but to also have generations tell his story throughout the ages. Just because you weren't born two-thirds a god doesn't mean that you can't leave an enduring legacy. Every day is an opportunity for you to create the stories that others will tell about you. All the little choices that you make throughout the day, they add up. Your actions, your attitude, your adventures. You may wish to ponder about that legacy that you're leaving behind and what impact you have on the world around you. Tablet 1. The Coming of Enkidu. Gilgamesh went abroad in the world. He met with none who could withstand his arms till he came to Uruk. But the men of Uruk muttered in their houses, Gilgamesh sounds the toxin for his amusement. His arrogance has no bounds by day or night. No son is left with his father, for Gilgamesh takes them all, even the children. Yet the king should be a shepherd to his people. 
his lust leaves no virgin to her lover, neither the warrior's daughter nor the wife of the noble. Yet this is the shepherd of the city, wise, comely, and resolute. The gods heard their lament. The gods of heaven cried to the lord of Uruk, to Anu, the god of Uruk. A goddess made him, strong as a savage bull. None can withstand his arms. No son is left with his father, for Gilgamesh takes them all. And is this the king, the shepherd of his people? His lust leaves no virgin to her lover, neither the warrior's daughter nor the wife of the noble. When Anu had heard their lamentation, the gods cried to Aruru, the goddess of creation. You made him, O Aruru, now create his equal. Let it be as like him, as his own reflection, his second self, stormy heart for stormy heart. Let them contend together and leave Uruk in quiet. So the goddess conceived an image in her mind, and it was the stuff of Anu of the firmament. She dipped her hands in the water and pinched off clay. She let it fall in the wilderness, and noble Enkidu was created. There was virtue in him of the god of war, of Ninurta himself. His body was rough. He had long hair like a woman's. It waved like the hair of Nisaba, the goddess of corn. His body was covered in matted hair like Samulgans, the god of cattle. He was innocent of mankind. He knew nothing of the cultivated land. Enkidu ate grass in the hills with the wild gazelle, and he lurked with the wild beasts at the waterholes. He had the joy of the water with the herds in the wild game. But there was a trapper who met him one day face to face at the drinking hole, for the wild game had entered his territory. On three days he met him face to face, and the trapper was frozen with fear. He went back to the house with the game that he had caught. He was bedumbed with terror. His face was altered like that of one who had made a long journey. With awe in his heart, he spoke to his father. Father, there is a man unlike any other who comes down from the hills. He is the strongest in the world. He is like an immortal from heaven. He ranges over the hills with wild beasts and eats grass. He ranges through the land and comes down to the wells. I'm afraid and dare not go near him. He fills in the pits which I dig and tears up my traps set for the game. He helps the beasts escape and now they slip through my fingers. His father opened his mouth and said to the trapper, My son, in Uruk lives Gilgamesh. No one has ever prevailed against him. He is strong as a star from heaven. Go to Uruk, find Gilgamesh, extol the strength of this wild man. Ask him to give you a harlot, a wanton from the Temple of Love. Return with her and let her woman's power overpower this man. When next he comes down to drink at the wells, she will be there, stripped naked. And when he sees her beckoning, he will embrace her. And then the wild beasts will reject him. So the trapper set out on his journey to Uruk and addressed himself to Gilgamesh, saying, A man unlike any other is roaming now in the pastures. He is as strong as a star from heaven, and I am afraid to approach him. He helps the wild game to escape. He fills in my pits and pulls up my traps. Gilgamesh said, Trapper, go back. Take with you a harlot, a child of pleasure. At the drinking hole she will strip, and when he sees her beckoning he will embrace her, and the game of the wilderness will surely reject him. Now the trapper returned, taking the harlot with him. After a three days journey they came to a drinking hole, and there they sat down. The harlot and the trapper sat facing one another and waited for the game to come. For the first day and the second day the two sat waiting, but on the third day the herds came. 
They came to drink, and Enkidu was with them. The small wild creatures of the plain were glad of the water, and Enkidu with them, who ate the grass with the gazelle and was born in the hills. And she saw him, this savage man, come from far off the hills. The trapper spoke to her. There he is. Now, woman, make your breast bare. Have no shame, do not delay, but welcome his love. Let him see you naked and let him possess your body. When he comes near, uncover yourself and lie with him. Teach him, the savage man, your woman's art. For when he murmurs love to you, the wild beasts that shared his life in the hills will reject him. She was not ashamed to take him. She made herself naked and welcomed his eagerness. As he lay there murmuring love, she taught him the woman's art for six days and seven nights they lay together. For Enkidu had forgotten his home in the hills, but when he was satisfied, he went back to the wild beasts. Then when the gazelle saw him, they bolted away. When the wild creature saw him, they fled. Enkidu would have followed, but his body was bound as though with a cord. His knees gave way when he started to run. His swiftness was gone. And now the wild creatures all fled away. Enkidu was grown weak, for wisdom was in him, and the thoughts of man were in his heart. So he returned and sat down at the woman's feet and listened intently to what she said. You were wise, Enkidu, and now you have become like a god. Why do you want to run with the wild beasts in the hills? Come with me. I will take you to strong-walled Uruk, to the blessed temple of Ishtar and Anu, of love, of heaven. There Gilgamesh lives, who is very strong, and like a wild bull he lords it over men. When she had spoken, Enkidu was pleased. He longed for a comrade, one who would understand his heart. Come, woman, take me to that holy temple, to the house of Anu and Ishtar, of the place where Gilgamesh lords it over the people. I will challenge him boldly. I will cry aloud in Uruk, I am the strongest here. I have come to change the old order. I am the one who was born in the hills. I am he who is the strongest of all. She said, let's go and let him see your face. I know very well where Gilgamesh is in Great Uruk. Well, Enkidu, there are all the people are dressed up in gorgeous robes. Every day is a holiday. The young men and girls are wonderful to see. How sweet they smell. All the great ones are roused in their beds. Oh, Enkidu, you who love life, I will show you Gilgamesh, a man of many moods. You shall look at him well in his radiant manhood. His body is perfect in strength and maturity. He never rests by day or night. He is stronger than you, so leave your boasting. Shamash, the glorious sun, has given favors to Gilgamesh, and Anu of the heavens, and Enlil, and Ea, the wise, has given him deep understanding. I tell you, even before you have left the wilderness, Gilgamesh will know in his dreams that you are coming. Now Gilgamesh got up to tell his dream to his mother, Ninsen, one of the wise gods. Mother, last night I had a dream. I was full of joy. The young heroes were around me, and I walked through the night under the stars in the firmament, and one, a meteor, the stuff of Anu, fell down from heaven. I tried to lift it, but it proved too heavy. All the people of Uruk came round to see it. The common people jostled, and the nobles thronged to kiss its feet. And to me, its attraction was like the love of a woman. They helped me. I braced my forehead, and I raised it with thongs and brought it to you. And you yourself pronounced it my brother. Then Ninsen, who was well-beloved and wise, said to Gilgamesh, This star of heaven which descended like a meteor from the sky, which you tried to lift but found too heavy, when you tried to move it, it would not budge. 
and so you brought it to my feet? I made it for you. A goad, a spur, and you were drawn as though the love of a woman. This is the strong comrade, the one who brings help to his friend in need. He is the strongest of wild creatures, the stuff of Anu. Born in the grasslands and the wild hills reared him. When you see him, you will be glad. You will love him as a woman, and he will never forsake you. This is the meaning of the dream. Gilgamesh said to his mother, I dreamed a second dream. In the streets of strong-walled Uruk, there lay an axe, in the shape of it was strange, and the people thronged round. I saw it and was glad. I bent down deeply towards it. I loved it like a woman and wore it at my side. And Ninsen answered, That axe which you saw, which drew you so powerfully like the love of a woman, that is the comrade whom I give you, and he will come in his strength like one of the hosts of heaven. He is the brave companion who rescues his friend in necessity. Gilgamesh said to his mother, A friend, a counselor has come to me from Inlil, and now I shall befriend and counsel him. So Gilgamesh told his dreams, and the harlot retold them to Enkidu. And now, she said to Enkidu, When I look at you, you have become like a god. Why do you yearn to run with the wild beasts again in the hills? Get up from the ground, the bed of a shepherd. He listened to her words with care. It was good advice that she gave. She divided her clothing in two, and then the one half she clothed him, and the other herself. And holding his hand, she led him like a child to the sheepfolds, into the shepherd's tents. There, all the shepherds crowded round to see him. They put down bread in front of him, but Enkidu could only suck the milk of wild animals. He fumbled and gaped, at a loss of what to do or how he should eat the bread and drink the strong wine. Then the woman said, Enkidu, eat the bread, it is the staff of life. Drink the wine, it is custom of the land. So he ate till he was full, and he drank the strong wine. Seven goblets. He became merry. His heart exulted and his face shone. He rubbed down his matted hair of his body and anointed himself with oil. Enkidu had become a man, but when he had put on man's clothes, he appeared like a bridegroom. He took arms to hunt the lions so that the shepherds could rest at night. He caught wolves and lions, and the herdsmen lay down in peace, for Enkidu was their watchman, that strong man who had no rival. He was merry living with the shepherds, till one day, lifting his eyes, he saw a man approaching. He said to the harlot, Woman, fetch me that man here. Why has he come? I wish to know his name. She went and called the man, saying, Sir, where are you going on this weary, weary journey? The man answered, saying to Enkidu, Gilgamesh has gone into the marriage house and shut out the people. He does strange things in Uruk, the city of great streets. At the roll of the drum, work begins for the men and work for the women. Gilgamesh, the king, is about to celebrate marriage with the Queen of Love, and he still demands to be the first with the bride, the king to be the first, and the husband to follow, for that was ordained by the gods from his birth, from the time the umbilical cord was cut. But now, the drum roll for the choice of the bride, and the city groans. At these words, Enkidu turned white in the face. I will go to the place where Gilgamesh lords it over the people, I will challenge him boldly, and I will cry aloud in Uruk, I have come to change the old order, for I am the strongest here. Now Enkidu strode in front, and the woman followed behind. 
He entered Uruk, that great market, and all the folk thronged around him where he stood in the street of strong-walled Uruk. The people jostled. Speaking of him, they said, He is the spit of Gilgamesh. He is... shorter? He is bigger of bone. This is the one who is reared on the milk of wild beasts. His is the greatest strength. The men rejoiced. Now Gilgamesh has met his match. This great one, this hero whose beauty is like a god, he is a match even for Gilgamesh. In Uruk, the bridal bed was made, fit for the goddess of love. The bride waited for the bridegroom. But in the night, Gilgamesh got up and came to the house. Then Enkidu stepped out. He stood in the street and blocked the way. Mighty Gilgamesh came on and Enkidu met him at the gate, put out his foot and prevented Gilgamesh from entering the household. So they grappled, holding each other like bulls. They broke and shattered the doorposts and the walls shook. They snorted like bulls locked together. Gilgamesh bent his knee and his foot planted on the ground. And with a turn, Enkidu was thrown. Then immediately, his fury died. When Enkidu was thrown, he said to Gilgamesh, There is none other like you in the world. Ninsum, who is as strong as a wild ox in the byre. She was the mother who bore you. And now you are raised above all men. And Enlil has given you the kingship, for your strength surpasses the strength of men. So Enkidu and Gilgamesh embraced, and their friendship was sealed. Gilgamesh had it all. He was part god, he had a perfect body, and on top of it, he was superhumanly intelligent. Yet, somehow he found a way to neglect the responsibility of a leader, and he abused his people instead of executing the role of a good shepherd. Perhaps you can see some of Gilgamesh in your own life. Is there something or someone that you take for granted or neglect? Maybe you don't take the time to thank the secretary at work, or you yelled at your dog instead of taking him for a walk today. Maybe you've been abusing your car and haven't changed the wheel, or cleaned your tools. Did you put them back without wiping them off first? Did you put them back at all? You can take action on remedying these things later. For now, it's just something to ponder.